you're listening to Rock Bottom Radio, broadcasting from deep in the turf net zone. Here's your host, Randy Wilson. Hello and welcome to Rock Bottom Radio, coming to you from Rock Bottom Country Club. Today's show was supposed to be about how we solved the labor shortage, but things didn't go as planned. They never do, right? Anyway, Rock Bottom Radio is brought to you by Vinyl Guard for Golf. By the way, winter's coming, and this one will probably be as tougher, tougher than last year. So be ready for those indoor projects and prepare for the weather at the same time by putting vinyl guard on flag sticks, shovel handles, rake handles, and anything else made of fiberglass splinters just waiting to stick golfers and the crew and those midnight bunker artists. Oh yeah, don't forget to check out the new highly visible hazard stakes and practice range markers from Vinyl Guard. Yesterday started out like any other busy day here at The Rock. Rock Bottom Country Club. Yeah, Mm mm-hmm. I don't know, you'll have to talk to Mama. No, she doesn't normally allow weekend skeet shooting on the driving range. Okay, fine, fine. Mama, Mama, phone call. Hello? When? No, I don't care if it is dove season. We don't bust skeet on the driving range on weekends. The nerve of some people. Mama, I hear you fired the assistant and then half the crew quit. Well, that assistant only came in when he felt like it. I told the crew anybody else who called in sick when we have a big project can just keep on going. Uh, It's going to have a serious effect on them course conditions. You know what affects conditions even more than a skeleton crew? What? People like you. Always wanting Augusta TV conditions, but you only pay enough for dirt greens and crabgrass fairways. You can't keep a decent crew because you're just a mean old crow. Listen up, bullet head. They quit because I can't afford to pay them. Nobody quits when they're being paid well. They just show up and work hard. If you want Augusta clone conditions, you'll have to pay for it. We never said we wanted Augusta. Y'all cry if you see a weed. Or if the greens aren't rolling 10. And then you moan about having to pay green fees that are lower than any other course within 50 miles. Mama, $10 a round is expensive. Boof, you cheapskate chiseler. I need to pay these guys more than 10 bucks an hour. And it's impossible to find an assistant now unless you pay them enough to live on. Well, maybe if you were nicer, the assistant would stay a little long. Well, maybe if you were smarter, you wouldn't have a big knot on your head. I don't have a big knot on my head. Oh, I see. you threatening me. And where'd you get the idea that I was unhappy with conditions? I'd never say anything about Oh, that reminds me. We played Cupcake National yesterday, and they had square tees and white sand, and everything was striped like a football field. Can we do that? No, but I'll show you what I can do. Oh, oh, stop. Oh, Hello? Who? Okay, thanks. Hey, Ludell, we got a problem out on 14. How about you go check it out? Okay, William, swamp with orders in here. Everybody wants my Swiss cheese and mushroom burger platter, and I just can't keep up. Well, they are good. I've had two already. Cletus, Cletus, you copy? Pro shop to Cletus. This Cletus, go ahead. 
Hey, Cletus, go over on 14 and ask the sheriff why he feels he has to play golf naked. That ain't something I want to say. Ludell, is my burger ready yet? Almost, Mama. Running low on Swiss cheese. Somebody's going to have to make a run to the store. I'll go after I eat. You got enough hamburger meat? No, running low on cow meat, but I've got plenty of uh, other meat in the freezer. Been a lot of traffic on the highway lately. Well, thaw it out. We got the Elks Club at noon, and they're always hungry. Here you go, Mama. You want fries with that? Uh, no. You need anything else besides Swiss cheese? Running low on mushrooms, too. Swiss cheese and mushrooms. Be right back. Cletus, come in. Uh, go ahead, Cletus. You're gonna have to call 911. That uh, Sheriff Sanders ain't the only one acting the fool out here. Ever force him on the backside, leave him clothes strewn about like a big yard sale. Cletus? Cletus? Come in, Cletus. This is Willie. Do you copy? What's wrong? I don't know. Something about everybody on the backside is gone nudist. You reckon they're protesting something? Could be. Maybe they know Mama's gonna raise green fees up to $11. My radio died. You call 911 yet? No, 911 is for emergencies. Y'all hear chickens? Well, if this ain't an emergency, I don't know who it is. You got six forsens out there ripping off their clothes and rolling in the grass and singing, and Sheriff Sanders is wallowing around out there in the sand trap on 14 wearing only a gun belt. Well, he was fine when he made the turn. Ate two Swiss cheese mushroom burgers, drank a gallon of iced tea, and ate half an apple pie. And old Miss Rodman, she's had her clothes hurt her skin, and she took everything off but her shoes and jumped in the pond, and then Mr. Rodman just keep yelling purple haze. Ludell, where'd you get those mushrooms? Oh, uh, Cletus bought them at Andy's Grocery. No, I didn't. I found them out there in that cow pasture across the highway. Saved us $8. Oh, my God, Cletus. Mama ate one of them burgers before she went to town. Y'all don't hear chickens? Hey, y'all, come out here and look. The sheriff shot down a dragon. Boof, I think you should go lay down on the couch over there. And miss the rainbow clouds and that big lizard dancing with the geese. Rock bottom pro shop. Hello? Really? No, it's Ludell. Who's this? I don't know. Mama? Mama's that you? Hey, you're not driving right now, are you? No, I'm not driving. Good. I'm close. Mama, you just stay right where you are and I'll come get you. Don't drive, okay? Now, where are you? Which one of me? The one sitting down there on the tailgate? Or the me who's floating over the river? You're at the river? Stay right there and, uh, and keep your clothes on. Hello? Hello? I'd like to make a request. Can you play the Almond Brothers at Fillmore East? I want to dedicate one way out to Dwayne. Now who left the phone off the hook? Must have been Ludell. He just ran out of here like his britches was on fire. Hey, ain't you supposed to be doing a radio show right now? Yeah, but I went out to see about the chickens. What chicken? You don't hear them? They keep yelling my name. Hey, did you know Ludell's old hound dog can talk? Boo, stop talking crazy. I got an emergency going on here. 
looking, y'all. Lou Dale has Mama tied up in the back of the truck. All right, I found Mama. Whatever you do, don't untie her. She thinks she's 17 again and back at Woodstock. You want me to take her to my doctor? Hello, and welcome to Rock Bottom Radio. I'm Willie, your midnight DJ, and I'll be with you all night. Let's get our groove on with some Robin Trower and Bridge of Sighs. Willie, stop that and turn off that microphone. You should interview Ludale's hound dog. Ludale, you better get out of here before somebody dies. Hey, that's not a javelin. You're going to kill somebody. Put that back in the cup. We're talking with Brutus, Ludell's dog, who specializes in goose control. Thanks for being here, Brutus. Hey, you said he could talk. Uh, Brutus, you gotta use your alpha brain waves to talk to humans. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me, Willie. <laughs> oh, wow, man. Brutus, get outside and wait in the truck. Oop, gotta go. I was hoping he could do something about those chickens. Uh-oh, mama's loose. Well, that's it. I'm going home. Me too. Somebody help me put the carts up. Mama, it ain't time to put the carts up yet. It's only two in the afternoon. Oh, then let's finish the radio show. I will if you'll do something about the chickens. It's impossible to work with all the chickens screaming. All right. Let's just cancel the radio show before something crazy gets said. No, it's story time. Maybe those cheeseburgers messed with my blood pressure or something, but I find myself in a strange mood. Just the frame of mind to tell a story that has never been told before. It begins way back in 76 at Mystery Valley, a muni in Redan, Georgia. Kind of a perfect name for a golf village, right? Dad was the superintendent at the valley, and it was a great golf course, possibly the last Dick Wilson completed after Dick died. Dad loved Mystery Valley. He loved working on it and playing it and living by the seventh fairway. We worked hard to turn it around and get it some national attention. Back then, being a superintendent wasn't as hard as it is now. In those days, it was more about affordable playability. Now it's more about looks first, then playability. Affordability isn't really a concern anymore, no matter what some say. Although Dad loved Mystery Valley, there were three things about it that bothered him. First, the golf pro thought he was in charge. That was a bad situation, as the local governmental powers that be also thought the golf pro was in charge. Because who would know more than a golf pro? Because of this fallacy, the golf pro got all the money, and Dad had no budget. Golf pro got all the cart money, all the beer money, all the pro shop money, and Dad's budget was based on green fees, which the golf pro collected whenever he felt like it. The next thing that bothered Dad was his immediate superior, a fellow from up north with the worst superiority complex I've ever seen. He once told me that if it wasn't for northerners coming down south to run things, Nothing would ever get done, because we were so lazy and still bitter about the war. I endeared myself to him forever when I explained that the residual bitterness was not the result of the war, but from the period known as Reconstruction after the war, when the carpetbaggers came down and pillaged the land far worse than Sherman's urban and rural renewal project. 
After that, I referred to him as CB, short for carpetbagger, which didn't help things, but I was unable to restrain myself. But it was problem number three at Mystery Valley that drove Dad near insane, the demon dog. It was a black mud of some kind that resided in the woods below our house on number seven, and it tormented us at night with all sorts of demonic howling and yelping and wailing noises. It was horribly ugly with a pointed face that looked kind of crooked, one eye that kind of looked off the wrong way in its ears. One ear stood straight up and the other pointed sideways like it had been ripped off and put back with glue. Demon Dog was a female, and she used that advantage to cast a spell over a kayak, our golf course dog, a husky shepherd mix that we all loved dearly except when the demon dog went into heat and then we got pretty frustrated with kayak. At least once a year, the black demon dog would attract a huge pack of dogs that congregated in our yard under the window where Dad liked to sit and read. And they would fight and yowl and fornicate and generally raise sand like a bunch of rednecks on amphetamines. During the period when she was not all heated up, demon dog would sit out in our yard and yowl and yip and bark and she was very good at making things eerie and uncomfortable. No matter how many times Dad called animal control, they couldn't catch the miserable beast. Dad could stand it no more and took to shooting at her with various weapons, ranging from BB guns to slingshots to bow and arrows with a blunt tip and finally to guns. These had no effect, which made perfect sense to Dad because he held it wasn't really a dog, it was a demon. Dad was an expert shot with a rifle, having coached a competitive rifle team to the national championship, so I began to believe his rantings about Demon Dog. After one long night where Dad had to rescue Kayak from a large dog gang war at 0330 in the morning, Dad tied Kayak up to the porch. The entire mob of hellhounds led by Demon Dog gathered in the fairway and yowled and howled and yipped and cried all night long. The next day, Dad rigged an elaborate trap for Demon Dog using Kayak's doghouse, Kayak's food, and a system of pulleys and ropes that allowed Dad to trigger a sliding door, and all this could be operated from the window of the room where he sat and read his Bible every night. It worked. Dad caught Demon Dog. Triumphantly, he notified Animal Control to come and get it. But even though Dad warned them that they were dealing with the supernatural, Animal control wouldn't listen, and during the transfer from Kayak's doghouse to the dog prison truck, Demon Dog escaped. Now it was Dad yowling and howling and crying. Two weeks later, the trap worked again. This time, Dad had the crew lift the doghouse into his truck, and he took Demon Dog the six miles to animal control, where he turned over custody to the dog jailers. Dad went on downtown, filed some paperwork, and when he returned to Mystery Valley, there sat Demon Dog. Now, this may have destabilized Dad, and I don't know exactly what happened next, because I was away building a golf course. But Demon Dog summoned her devilish choir of canine spirits and laid siege to Dad's reading room. But the night waterman claimed to witness what happened next. His testimony was shaky due to the special potion night watermen were known to use for protection from night stuff. But Wild stories of gunfire, explosions, and dogs running every which direction in full panic. Well, they seemed to be a fairly constant theme. He also claimed he saw two figures carrying shovels 
and dragging the body of a dog into the woods below the house. Dad was still touchy about that incident for years, even when he left Mystery Valley and went to other golf courses. In fact, during important golf matches with Dad, all we had to do was mention that we had seen an oddly disfigured black dog crossing the fairway and Dad was guaranteed to bogey the next two holes. Twenty years later, as fate would have it, I was offered the opportunity to escape from my vile swamp golf course and take over Mystery Valley. I was elated. I drove over to the valley, borrowed a cart, and took a tour of the golf course. Gary, Dad's former assistant, had made massive improvements down through the years, adding automatic irrigation, widening the landing zones, and he even cleared acres of jungle rough out. I visited the 18th century cemetery from where the old spook lady often appeared to torment night watermen. That's why Gary had to install automatic irrigation. It was impossible to keep night watermen at Mr. Valley. Now, that story is too detailed to go into here, but if you want to know more about that, check the link for rockbottomfilms.com and get yourself a copy of The Greens of Wrath. Things looked pretty good. The carpetbagger was gone, the old golf pro was gone, and I even had permission to convert the course to bent grass greens. It was great. Warm memories of happy times flooded over me as I rode around the golf course. I was even told I could move into the house beside Seven Fairway, which meant no commute to work. After driving 55 minutes one way every day for years and years, this whole thing sounded like paradise. I drove the cart over to number seven to check out the house, and sitting near the edge of the woods below the house was a slightly disfigured black dog with a crooked face and one ear that appeared to have been reattached like a, a Frankenstein dog. It was grinning at me. I got back in my truck and, and I cried all the way back to my swamp course where I remained until retirement came for me. You've been listening to Rock Bottom Radio, broadcasting from deep in the turf net zone. Subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher for future episodes. 